Christ. Be blessed as you tune in to the Word of God. Let's close our eyes for a prayer. We come before your holy throne of grace and mercy on a Sunday morning giving you all honor and glory. We say, Lord, they belong to you. Here we are as your children. We have come together to come and listen to your word, Mudimuarona, to come and hear you speaking unto us. That we may hear what the Spirit is saying as we go to the reading of your word. We bless it in Jesus' name. We pray, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Um, wonderful uh, worship, Bakreste. Let's give them a hand, really. We, we do not have a full complement of them. Uh, the majority of them are actually students. And I think these two and the others are the working force. They are not students, so they will be here up to the last day because of being a working force. But we thank God for that, uh, for you guys to be here and bless us this way. Um, I will make sure that I don't go beyond the time today. We have um, baptism after this. So we'll make sure that we accommodate that. And uh, we have our last service for the year, this coming uh, Sunday. We normally have a breaking of the bread together. So if you are available, come for a breaking of the bread and uh, finish the year together. Uh, we know that many would have left and many are, live, are still living. But if you are available, come, let us break uh, the bread together for the year and uh, wait for the coming year. Hallelujah. I want to, this morning, would like to draw your attention to the first chapter of John, the book of John. It's a prelude of the book. But my reason for that, it is this month of December. You know, according to the Greco-Roman, and hear me very well, the Greco-Roman calendar, it is a month of the birth, the month of Christmas of Christ, the month of Christ. In real essence, Bakreste, when you get into the historical records, it is not really true that December 25th, the Bible doesn't give the exact date of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And to work on the records of getting the dates, you're getting it from what was actually happening, the, the circumstances surrounding what was happening, the issue of the shepherds, the issue of John the Baptist, uh, the father being the priest, and what was happening the six months before he came in. In real essence, when you look into all historical 
records and circumstances that surrounds uh, uh, the birth of Jesus, the Christmas, is actually around September, October. Not what we have on the Greco-Roman. This was a date of Constantinople with the Roman Church. They wanted that to be celeb celebrated amongst the other festive holidays during winter time. Christ was not born during winter time. Was born during the spring time. The, 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 the shepherds were out with the, with, the, with the sheep in the field. And during winter time, they are brought in and then make fire so that they may be warm. So in real essence, the records and the circumstances, they don't bring in December. But I, I'm not saying to you, don't go and reject December. The thing is Christ was born. That is what is important to us. You hear what we, I'm saying? Yeah, us, what is important, it is not the date. It is that Christ was born and he came and died for my sins. And those records are there that he died, he went to Calvary, and I am redeemed because of his coming. So all other things that are historical, that are circumstances, that is who was trying to get what, it, those things don't belong to us. What belongs to us, it is the record that is in the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I want to draw your attention to, to the first chapter. It is a prelude. It is an introduction of Christmas according to how John was looking at it because uh, we look at Christmas from a different perspective. If you, you go, I've got grandchildren. If you ask them maybe, what are you looking for Christmas? They would tell you that Google uh, uh, buys us presents. Google buys us this. They are looking forward for the presents and this and that from Google. Now, that is what or how they interpret uh, Christmas. The teenagers as well, they would interpret it in their own way. It is, I, I have reached another age. You know, I must get new wardrobe. I must get this and that. And that's how they interpret it. You go to the elders, how you interpret Food. We will eat. We will do anything. You know, that's how they interpret it. You know, they say, no, don't worry about January. We, we will see if we have some overdraft, but let us spend. You go to business and ask them about, about, about Christmas. Say, uh, money is going to come. People are going to buy. People are going to indulge. Now, Christmas has a lot of meaning to many of us. But what does the Bible say? But we're going to look at it from the angle of John, the prologue of John. Now, I went into the New Testament during the course of the week and tried to get what are, or how is Christmas being looked at by different authors, you know, the epistles, more especially of Paul and some few others that they have written. And in Romans chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, since the birth of Christ as the time that the word of the prophecies in the Holy Scriptures is coming to pass. That is how Romans see it. So this is Apostle Paul. 
He says, according to him, the birth came in. It's because the holy scriptures are going to be fulfilled. In the book of Hebrews, when it looks into the birth of Christ, it is that Satan is going to be destroyed. So that is what the birth is according to the book of Hebrews. And Hebrews chapter 10 as well. Sees Christ as a sacrificial offering for the sins of men. And when you go to the epistle of John, not John the Apostle, now he says the birth of the Savior, he sees it as the birth of the Savior of the world. Now Mark, no, Luke, Mark, no, Matthew, the, 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 as per uh, the sequence as they appear in the New Testament, the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they have a way that they look at the birth of Jesus. They give what we say is a historical details, telling us about the shepherds. Actually, they start tell, after the historical details, they come and give us the genealogy of Christ, right? They trace him right up to Adam, David, Abraham, and up to Adam. And they move from there to the shepherd and the angels, Mary and Joseph. What has happened? The manger, when he was born, the statistics, all that was, was happening there. But John, that I would like us to look into, he leaves out the historical perspective. He does not talk about the manger. He does not talk about the hillside where the, 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 the shepherds were. He does not talk about the angels coming. He does not talk about the wise men from the east. He takes us straight into the mind of God. He takes us through into eternity. He does not bring all these things, but he takes us by our hand, walk with us into eternity. We go outside of this world for a while and find the real message of Christmas in eternity. But it is a perspective that you would not get and understand when you look at the manger, when you look at the angels, when you look, you need the revelation of God to take you back into eternity a little bit. Now the Apostle John takes us there. What happened in eternity? before Christ was actually born. John chapter 1, we read from verse 1 to 3. Actually, we take the whole prologue, but I will run over it. It actually, the prologue runs from verse 1 up to 18. It is an introduction. He introduces his gospel he introduces the birth of Christ. He introduces what we call Christmas. 
Now he says, in John chapter 1 from verse 1, listen to him. As I have indicated that he takes us into the mind of God. He takes us back into eternity. Before the ages began. He says, in the beginning was the weight. In the beginning. Now, when was the beginning? The beginning was when the world was created. That is the beginning that we know. But he says, at that time, when the beginning started, when God, through his creative weight, called the world to be there, in that beginning was the weight. What is he saying to us? That Christ was there right at the beginning. Christ did not come with the beginning or the birth of Christ as we see it when he took the human flesh was not there and was not, was not done at that time, but it was there in the beginning or in eternity. And he says, and the weight was with God. In the beginning was the weight. This weight that was there in the beginning, this weight was with God. And this weight was God. Now the weight and God was the same thing. And this weight, it is the same weight that God created the world with. And this weight, it is God. And this weight is Jesus Christ. Now, in the beginning was the weight. So the apostle is saying, when we saw the birth of Christ at that time in a human body, it was not the beginning of Christ. Christ was in existence in eternity. Christ was there with God. And Christ was God, was equal to God. And he says, or what I would say, he says, the word possesses the same nature because the word was with God and the same, the word was God. Now, what it means is that the word, which was actually Christ, possesses the same nature as God. So Christ is actually God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And he says, he was in the beginning with God. Who was in the beginning with God? It is Christ. Now, when we, we see the birth, when all those said that it is, what, what one could say is that the Apostle John, he does not bring a historical perspective of Jesus, but he brings the theology of Jesus. And then what is more important to us, I'm not, I'm not disputing that the, 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 the historical things are not important. To understand the historical things, it makes you a better person because you can understand how things unfolded. 
And the people who have studied history, they always tell you history repeats itself. So it is wise that you know and understand even your own history as certain things might repeat themselves in the future. Now he was in the beginning with God. Now verse 3 says, all things came into being through him. Now the creation, as it was done, Things came into being. When God spoke, the word that he used to speak brought things. So the word, who is Christ? The word that is Christ served in as a mediation between God and creation. And all things came into being through him and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. So nothing but has come as we see it, came into being without him. So that he brings in the positive things of what has happened. And if it was not there, it would be negative. Things would not be there. And things have been done through the word. Who is Christ? As a mediator of everything that we see. And verse 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of man. Now in him, if there was life, and this life was the light of man, any light that comes in, it reveals something. So he came in as the light and a revelation of God. I, 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 I don't think any one of us has ever uh, maybe switched on the lights and was not able to see what was in the room. The things that were in the room were revealed to you. It's not so. Now, as he came in, he revealed, he became the light. So he became the revelation of God. So the apostle is saying, he has been there. He is an eternal being. He was with God, possesses all what God has, the nature of God within himself, created everything. He's actually the creative word that God used at the same time, he's coming in, served in as a revelation of God. God was revealed to us. If Christ would not come, we would have not seen God. Remember, even the apostles, maybe take Philip. At one stage, he asked him, well, show us your father. You remember that statement? And what did, God, what, what did Christ say? He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So he came in to reveal the Father to us as a light, as a revelation. And verse 5 says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. 
What is this darkness? If you relate it to verse 4, the darkness, it is the world of men. When he came in and revealed himself in the life of men, in the darkness of men, men could not conceive him. Men could not understand him. Now he came in as a light to the world. He came in and shined in the darkness and the darkness could not comprehend. Now from there, he, he, he gives us who Jesus is from eternity. He uses the word. And now a question is, why would he, why would John use Christ and equate him with the word? What was the word all about to the Jewish nation? Now the word they was associated, as I have indicated, with the creative word of God. Every time in the Old Testament, when God was speaking to people, it would be said, and the word said, and the word, and the God said through his word. Now they associated the, 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 the word with God. Now when John was saying the word was, it was, a, it was God himself, they could associate. At the same time, the Greeks at that time, they referred to it as a logos. Now a logos, those who are, I forgotten this group of people who do not want to uh, say there is God. They would always refer to the powers that are above. The, you know, the Greek, the Stoics here, they referred to the logos as though the powers that is of the powers, the power of creation. But they did not want to say God. Now he was saying to the Greek people, the word that you say it is that power that is there. It is the it is God. It was Christ. So. The Greeks would relate to that. The Hebrews would relate to that. When he says he was the weight and the weight was with God. So it's going back to eternity where Christ actually comes from. When we saw him, he was not just, when the people saw him, he was not just born there. He was before. And even the word of God, Lyri, in the beginning, was highly in the beginning there is was it is a past tense it means it existed before in the past so Christ existed in the past in eternity now going to verse 6 7 8 9 10 now there's an introduction remember the aim of John the Baptist, the aim of the Apostle John is to introduce Christmas to his readers, is to introduce the people about Christ, the birth of Christ. But before he brings in the birth of Christ, he wants to show them where Christ has been. They should uh, distinguish or dissociate the birth and the, the deity of who Christ is. If you are not able to separate 
you see him as the, the child that is born in a manger. But he says it is far much beyond what you, you see as a child. This is God that has been, that he was before. Then he brings in the witness of John. In verse 6. Now, Bakrasta, listen to this. Actually, when you read, the, the more you read these things, the more you get in love with the word of God. The more you start understanding where it comes from. The more you see the deeper things of God. The more you see how God has been operating. It is not, even if you do not agree with certain things, but when you read and see how these people who wrote this thing, when John the Apostle wrote, you can see the inspiration of the Holy Spirit here. He says then, there came a man sent from God. Now, he doesn't talk about himself. He introduces a character that came in that was sent from God, whose name was John. Now, there is a man that is sent from God. And before the man was sent from God, there is the weight, Christ. So this one has the beginning. It is sent, but there was who is Christ, that to be who is Christ has been there in the beginning. So there is a, a differentiation between a man who has the beginning, who is a man like us, John the Baptist, and the man who is the word who was. When you read in the 14th verse, and the same, I think the 14th verse, yes, the 14th verse. No, 13 it says, Verse 15, so John testified about him and cried out saying, this was of whom I said, he who comes after me, that is Christ who comes after him, has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. You hear what John is saying? He said he existed before me. I have the beginning. I, 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 yes, I am I, I'm begotten by God. My, my coming in was also a prophecy, like fulfillment of the prophecy. But this one was before me, existed before me. And he says, in verse 7, he came as a witness. Now, John is coming through as a witness to do what? To testify about the light. John's responsibility was to come in to testify about light. Who is this light? The light is Christ. Now, before he comes in, John comes in as a testimony to testify about life so that all might believe through him. 
Now, when it says all here, it deceives many because all would represent, but the all in the Bible here in particular, it is like in John chapter 3, verse 16, when it says that whosoever believes in him. So the all here, it is not all by as we see there is the whosoever would believe, might believe through him, then his life would change. It is like if one has to give an illustration. I, I, I wanted to think of an illustration. I thought of a teacher. I thought of something. But the best illustration that one could, could give here is we all know and understand a soap. You know soap. Different kinds. Whether other soaps are washing soaps, others you wash yourself, they are the luxes and all that, the, whatever you name it. But you know what? A soap may be there, even in the house. But as long as you don't take the soap and wash with it, you will remain dirty. Do you understand that? It is for the all. It is for the all, but the whosoever would take the soap and wash himself will change, will see and receive the light. So we all have Jesus being exposed to us. Jesus, it is like a soap. He, it is like Omo. He, it is like any other that you may name them. But if you don't take your clothes into the machine and wash them, they will remain dirty. It is what he's saying here. That he was not the, no, the light so that all might believe through him. And verse 8 says, he was not the light. John the Baptist was not the light. And he admitted that he is not the light. But he came to testify about the light. And John the Baptist came in and testified. He preached the forgiveness of sins. He preached that the kingdom of God is near. You know, the, 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 if you look at John the Baptist, and how he preached to Christ, and what happened to him at the end. He was not what we would call, you know, a trend preacher. A trend preacher would look at what, what are the needs of the, what is, what is actually happening, what is the trend, where, where, where is the, the, the spirit flowing. John came in and preached the kingdom. It was not a question of the trend. He preached the kingdom. And in, in his preaching, he was so straightforward. And if you could say, because the trend now does not allow that, while he was preaching in the wilderness, the Sadducees and, and the Pharisees came in, and he looked them directly into the, to, to their eyes. He said, who unto you, the, 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 the children of the, of, of the, of the snakes, and when I was reading, I said, 
you know, saying things directly like that, that you are the children of the snake who has sought out to you to come and run away from the wrath of God. But they came in and they received the Lord. And there was, the, Herod was, was the head of the country. And he went to Herod and told Herod that, hey, Herod, you are a sinner. The things that you are doing are wrong. And that cost him his hate. Straightforward preacher. Never preached about the trends. You know, sometimes, Rona, we are preacher. We want to check something that would massage the congregation. Don't, don't, don't be too harsh to them. You know, they, they, they may not be able to hear. They, they may run away. They, 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 they may not come back again the following week. Because we look at the trend. We look at what would be suitable, that would be acceptable to the people. The word of God is the word of God, Makraste. It has to be preached as the word of God. And it's a pity that that is how the world sometimes dictates some of these things to us. That after hearing the word of God, when we go outside, it is like, no, this is not God speaking. Some of these things that we are doing. So we have to listen to what God is saying, to what, not what the trends, sometimes not necessarily what I need. He did that. And there was, there was the true light which coming into the world enlightens everyone. I think I have mentioned that. There was a light that was coming. Who was this light that was coming? It was Christ who was going to enlighten every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Now it is Christ. So this light that is coming was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. That is what the apostle is saying. That this Christ, John is here. John has to prepare the people. Just John has to say to people, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And as he did, he was preparing the roads. He was preparing for the light that was going to come. And this light came in. And the world did not know him. Now listen to verse 11. He came to his own. And those who were his own did not receive him. What a painful experience. Were your own. It happens to all of us. You would remember when you received the Lord, what happened to your own. They could not easily accept and receive you. Same as you grow and develop. When certain things, when God reveals, sometimes your own can become very difficult. Your own, it is because they know you. They understand you. You know, Jesus, when he came to his own, 
because they saw him growing as a son of a carpenter. You know, I, 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 I tried to imagine, to bring in a mental picture of how Jesus looked like. Not the one that we see in the pictures back rest. But I tried to make my own mental picture of a son who grows in a, in a workshop. Because if he was a carpenter's son, was in a workshop. If you work in a workshop, you carry things, you really work in a workshop, you develop mus muscles. So, so somehow, <laughs> he was a masculine man. But that's how I, I have a picture of him. His hands were actually the hands that were touching these planks. When you touch the planks, your hands become rough. So possibly when he reached out and, and greeted you, it was like, hey, this hand. You know, so his hand was a bit rough. Now, when people were looking at all that, and here he comes, he proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of God, the salvation. It is like, I when we saw you working in a workshop, and now you come and tell us that God is saying this to you. His own rejected him. So same, Bakreste. When you, you get a situation where your own do not understand because they have seen you in a workshop. They have seen you developing those muscles. They have seen you with rough hands. They have seen you in whichever. You know, if you was, was in a workshop in and out, his color would even change. Have you seen an agricultural people? We call them mabul. You know, when they work there, in the, in the field, their color also changes. And the color of this man who is Jesus had also changed. He was like another color. You will change, Bakreste. You will have another color. And in that color that you have, it is not everybody who would accept it. That you have developed, the, you will develop the muscle of the gospel. You will be strong for God. And when you are there, it is a physical thing. But when you look deeper into it, into the spirituality of it, you become the strongest person ever. You change the inside and your attitude because of what you go through. His own chose not to believe in him. But listen to the next verse. I will read 10 and 11. He says he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. Verse 12, and it says, 
but it means there were others who received him. But as many over and above the people of his own who rejected him, there were other men has received him, and to them he gave them the right, the power, the authority to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Now, over and above the rejection, there are other people who received him. And when they received him, he gave them the authority and the power to be called the children of God. Now, next verse, with a very beautiful sequence of words, it says, those who were born. Now, this, those who were born, it actually says those who received him, those who believed in him. So it means the first thing, it is believing and being born in him, not of blood. He says not of blood, meaning not of the blood of Abraham, the descendants of Abraham, nor of the will of man. Nor the will of man. What is the will of man? Human sexual impulse, that's how the child is born. Now he says there is no will of man. There is no sexual impulse that took place here. And he says, he continued, not because of the will of, nor the will of man. Now, no, without the sexual impulse, no, even when a person is married, not even a man or a husband of somebody would bring the child, but of God. That is how we were born. We are not born again from a will of anybody. We are born out of the will of God. Now, listen to this, Bakras, and I questioned it. You know, sometimes there are certain things where we say, I, I, I have my free will. I don't know if you have you, you had people, Christians, saying that, that they do certain things because God has given us a free will. So I, I, I can choose. You know what it says here? There is a time where your free will ends, where it does not to be exercised, where the will of God has to take precedence. Now, for us to be born again, even if I ended up raising my hand and say I am coming to God, that was not your will. It is God's will that you were born. That is what it says here. It is by the will of God. I think when I raised my hand, when I walked through the aisle receiving the gospel, I thought it was me. According to the word of God, you have no saying in that. You just responded, however, it is the will of God to come to God. It is by God. And verse 14, I will just go through it quickly. It says, and the word became flesh. Now that is Christ becoming flesh and dwelled about that is the incarnation. 
he becomes flesh. Now here, he is not yet telling us fully of the birth. Now the birth starts here. But before the birth, he wants to say to us, Christ has been there. Christ is, 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 is eternal. Christ it is the revelation of God. Christ has been in existence. And before Christ came in, there was somebody who came who was sent in to prepare the way. Now, after all that has been done, then the word became flesh. He brings in the flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we saw his glory as the only begotten son from the, fa from the father, full of his grace. Now, when you see Christ, we see the glory of God. That is what we have to experience. Now, verse 15, John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he whom I said he was come after me, and a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. I've explained it. For of his fullness we have all received the grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Christ. Verse 18, no one has seen God at any time. This is deep but grace. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, God, who is in the bosom of the father, he has, he has explain, explained him. No one, you know what? This thing took me back. We have a number of scriptures that talks about the theophany in the scriptures. The theophany, it is like, I'll give this example, Joshua. There was that man that came and Joshua asked, who are you and all that and all that. You know that story. And then the man, what did the man say? Joshua asked actually that, are you with us or are you with the enemy? Now that angel that came, it is a theophany. It is an image of Christ in the Old Testament. It was the appearance of Christ. The same thing happened to Gideon. The same thing happened to Moses. The same thing happened to Jacob when he was fighting an angel overnight. That angel was Christ. It was theophany. Christ appearing in the Old Testament. And I said, whoa, 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 here. Because the Bible says no man has seen God. And the Bible in the beginning, it talks about God walking in the Garden of Eden. And I said, because at that time, it means it was the word that created. It was Christ. The Adam and Eve could not see God. Right from the beginning, it was Christ who was walking in the garden. So I realized how God has been operating. So God has been there right from the beginning. Even at the creation, after he has created, 
It was, it was the word that came, the word that called for Adam and said, Adam, where are you? Where, why did you leave your position? It was actually Christ. Because no man, Adam could have not seen God. Moses could have not seen God. Jacob could have not seen God. David could have not seen God. But he has been there ever crested. This is what the apostle is saying to us. That right from the beginning, in eternity, at creation, walking at the garden with Adam, coming and appearing to all this, God has always been there. Christ has always been there, appearing because no man. It says God, who is, no, who is in the bosom of the Father? Now Christ, who is in the bosom of, has come in to reveal who Christ is to us. Now, if you read these things and understand them, you see how God has been operating. So I have no reason in my entire life, uh, entire life, you know, I remember my, my youngest daughter at one stage, he was about uh, 11, 12 years, and he would, she would address me and the mother, when she wanted something, in my whole life, Papa, in my whole life, Mama, this is, and I would say, Wanak, for your whole life of 12 years, <laughs> there's still so much that you, you would still get in your whole life. <laughs> now, in my whole life that you don't know, I, I have no way of rejecting God. With what I have seen, Christ has been doing and who Christ is. My understanding of the manger, the historical part, it, it makes me to trace the reality and the truth of who God is. But John takes us deeper. He, he moves us from where we are on earth to heaven, to say to us, Christ is an eternal being. Christ is a revelation of God. Christ is equal with God. Christ is God himself. Whatever that we see and hear, when you know and understand Christ, you actually know and understand the Father. That is what John is saying to us. And that is what he says Christmas is all about. He introduces us to Christmas that way. That in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. Let's stand on our feet. Thank you for your word for knowing and understanding your continued existence that when you came on earth 
you were continuing with your existence. You were before the foundations of the earth. You existed with God and you are God. Father, thank you that when we know your word, which is Christ, we receive the revelation of your glory. We receive who you are. We receive and have an understanding of God. We thank you, Father, for the light that you brought to men. We thank you, Father, that when the light was brought to us, not by the will of men, not by the will of any of us, but by your will, we received you. And in receiving you, Father, you gave us the authority, you gave us the power of us being called by your name that we are your children. We are now the begotten of the Father because we belong to him. We bear his nature. We bear who God is in our lives. We pray that the understanding of your weight may become clearer and clearer each time as we read through. And we thank you, Father, for the apostles who came, who laid the foundation, that we are reading these things today, that we can have an understanding because you ordained them first that they should come and lay the foundation together with the prophets of the old. We thank you, Father, and we receive your word through them as it has been spoken and written by them. Father, as we come to the end of this service, going to the other service of baptism, we still declare that your grace, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit that they may be with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you'd like to connect with us, follow us on all our social media platforms and stay plugged in.